come. I'm gay. 48 minutes of dog barking. 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 Growl. Growl. 48 minutes of dog barking. 48 minutes of dog barking. I mean, no, my, my great aunt's going to be the one that lives to be like 102. Just trust me. <laughs> Just like, out of spite, you think? No, she's a classy lady. Like, okay, like, okay. You know, we're all decidedly river trash. Well, that's what you've we're said. Like, yeah. We're like, uh, we're like, we're like, uh, People that don't want to admit in, in in the UK or something that don't want to admit that they that they come from gypsies or something like that. Roma, yeah, Roma, and, yeah. And, um, so, but like my my great aunt, she's like really like classy and mm. graceful. She's like Audrey Hepburn. Okay, and the rest so of us like are a... all and the rest of us are all people like getting arrested for fake weed outside of a U-Haul store. <laughs> the K two that you're selling, yeah, yeah. just just uh... people. People that owe too many people too much money. Uh, like, I don't know. I don't know. So, um, so I'm going to open my gift. Yeah. Happy holidays, first happy and holidays, foremost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, welcome to the show. It's 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking. My name's Jason. Alongside for the ride with me is Brian, my oh, ride or die bitch. My, uh... if, you, if, you, if you read this sign, the bitch logged off. <laughs> 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 the little Kim to my notorious B.I.G. So I'm going to open my gift here that I yes. got from Jason. It's very yes. hefty. Jason said he didn't have a gift for me, and I was going to be I was going to be his ass. Yeah. Well, then I, I was, realized I was, I was going to ban Margera you. Yeah, well, I, I don't doubt it. But then I realized what I ordered you is something that I actually already had, and so okay. I was like, okay, you can have mine. I'll you know I'll get I'll take the new one. It's fine. So. Oh. Boy, I hope it's not, hope it's not a dildo. No, <laughs> <laughs> I would have had to boil that some bitch. No, um, it's actually something we talked about on the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So what he's so, looking at there is so, a uh, uh, Uzumaki mm-hmm. Spiral in the Horror by Junji Ito. Yes, very cool. It is the deluxe hardcover version. There's some colored pages oh. in there. It's a. This is sick. It is the. I think it's the translation that I originally read it in. Gosh, once upon a time, there used to be a web page that had all the issues of it, and it yeah. was. So this is the properly bound hardcover. It's got a nice. I mean, it's a nice book, and I. This is this is cool. Thank you. Jason. I realized I was like, oh, I I bought this, but I have this sitting right here. I read it once. I'm like, so just give it to the guy. So All right. well, wrapped I, I it. Uh, it. <laughs> so, All right. Uh, mine's, uh, <laughs> mine's okay, it's not a dildo, right? It's not, no, okay. it's not a dildo. We had to. I mean, you had to ask me. So yeah. But yeah, this was really hard to get. Okay, but <laughs> <laughs> hold on now. Okay, it says Bible Black. 4K AI <laughs> up-res sub. <laughs> That's one of them pornos. Uh, <laughs> did, I, did I tell you my Bible Black story? No. But so while I while I try to find... extricate the... Yeah, I, I got uh, something in my wallet. Hold on. When I was a youngin, I worked at Blockbusters, like 2009, and right next door there was a Ponderosa, and there was a guy there who was like a short order cook. It was a little slow. 
And not only was he a little slow, he was a little annoying, which is the worst kind of anything. You could be smart, you could be stupid, you could have things that aren't your fault working against you, but if you're annoying, god damn it. Anyways, but this guy would come in just smelling like fried food from working at the Ponderosa and like walking around and uh you know, waiting for his mom to come pick him up. And there was this girl I worked with who was kind of cute in that mousy nourish way uh-huh and um he would like come in and try and flirt with her but the dude had negative game he had no game yeah no it was games. playstation 3 he had no games he had no games cut that uh, one out. Uh, anyways so <laughs> he comes in and he's like uh I, I got i got something for you uh-oh and she's like Okay. It's never. What it's never. It? It's never a good she's thing. A, she. She was, and I assume, still is a very nice and sweet person. She like moved to Texas, got married, mm. you know, whatever. And she's like, okay. And he like hands her something. Like me and my other coworker can't see it. Mm. And he's like, oh, oh, my mom's here. I gotta go. And oh, no. I'm sorry. Leaves, the, the, the suspense here he is killing. Leaves, and I'm like, hey. I'm asking her, like, hey, what what did he give you? She's like, oh, burnt DVD. I don't know. Here, check this out. And she hands it to me. Oh, no. And me and my coworker, who is a huge weeb, yeah. me and him just go, oh, no. It just says Bible black on it. Oh, and, boy. <laughs> and I am like, holy shit, that's fucked up. And then I, like, clap my hands. But you know what? That means we can ban that motherfucker from oh, here. Finally. Okay. And then his mom would come in and rent move, like, oh. on his account. And then we told her, like, no, you can't do that. And she was, like, relieved. Yeah. She was like, finally, my idiot son has, like, I can't, I can't appease him. He has to suffer now. Like, he wow. can't just skate by on whatever he is or isn't. Uh, I was going to say, like, charm? I don't know if charm is the right word, but yeah. Bible Black, uh, for those of you not in the know, is not only porno of uh, the hentai variety, but it's also, like, violent. And there's violent? Like, it's like the OG hentai for most, like, Westerners, I think. That and, and the Urutsuki Doji, which is the legend of the Overfiend. That's a classic from the 80s 90s uh, la blue girl those are the three that come to mind when oh, i think blue of girl jesus yeah. cool. i haven't thought about them forever well so yes i did finally extricate your package from the box there uh, that says bible black 4k but uh this is even better it is a box of queen majesty from nyc only city in the world baby gotta hey, have a slice hey, love uh, the mets <laughs> it is a three-pack of all natural hot sauces, which you know me, you know I love the hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Three of them, let's see here red habanero and black coffee. Ooh. Let's see here scotch, bonnet, and ginger. And then uh, jalapeno, tequila, and lime. All right. They're all amazing. I've yeah. Before, and I was like, oh, Jason likes hot sauce. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like trying to think of what to get you. And I was like, you know what? I have had these hot sauces before. Yeah. They are beyond solid. Yeah. I will appreciate them. They are great on fucking everything. Yeah, I've heard the name. Actually, I had um, just made some carnitas in the crock pot, so Ooh. I'm. that's going to be my lunch tomorrow is I'm going to make some, oh, some yeah. Yeah, little, little carnita tacos. We're going to pour some of these bad boys on there. You should see my fridge. I actually have. <laughs> you should you see. Keep, you keep saying this. Like, I should, you should come in and see my fridge. Like, like. <laughs> no, it's not a cask of Amontillado situation. I'm not going to stuff you in the fridge. Montessor, Montessor. <laughs> 
for the love of God. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's literally like my daughter and I are, are like hot sauce fiends. So she's going to be really jazzed that, that there's some, some new ones. And I'm really jazzed to try them because I, you know, and, and anything that says that tells you the heat level on yeah. the back, it's always okay. I know that there's going to be heat level equals hot. Okay. Yes. Yeah, they're all, all right. great. There's there's a couple other varieties that they make that I want to try, but I haven't gotten around. Queen to. Majesty. Okay. Queen Majesty. Good yeah. shit. All right. Good shit. So Queen uh, Majesty, folks, if you're looking to sponsor the show, that's four eight minutes dogs barking at gmail.com. Just, I would, saying. Just I, saying. I would love to have hot sauce sponsors. <laughs> like I think like I don't want to do stamps.com. I don't no. want to do fancy mattresses, no. but no. we get some like niche shit like yeah. hot sauce, hot sauce, guitar strings, artisan beers. Yeah, I yeah, I'd be down with that. I could I could sell out for those things. <laughs> what we're saying is there's a price, there's and a, we're yeah. Well, there's not just a certain necessarily a price. There is a commodity. Okay, that's fair. There's yeah, because I, I wouldn't I wouldn't shill for like Exxon, but I would for like I don't know. yeah, I don't know, like Diva Cups. I don't know, like is that really is that really us? Is that that's really not our, our audience? Demo- yeah, <laughs> yeah, our our demographic does skew mostly male. Wonder why? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> two Jeez. guys two guys talking about the internet. I wonder what that's about. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> a place that's nobly hostile to everyone but cishet white men. That's pretty much it. Oh my god. So, so much shit happened on the internet this week. Yeah. Of course, I'm not trying to hurry things along because of the weather, but I'm just I've got so much shit to talk about. The first thing I sent you this in a DM was oh, a <laughs> listen. A, a post. Listen, if I won't eat it on your birthday, I'm not going to eat it on a chip. The account at this is why I'm broke on Twitter posted because they their whole shtick is that this is why I'm broke, and and then they post the product link. Well, this is a company called Chaz, and it's pussy flavor kettle chips. Amazing. 18 plus adults only, it says on the bo- on the bag there. It says, uh, yes for sex. All bodies taste good. One pack, 90 grams, $33.26 for a bag. You don't get a lot of pussy flavored chips for that $33. <laughs> you get a lot of pussy for $33.26. I can eat it for free at home is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus and, I won't feel, and then I won't feel bad about myself afterwards. That's also the, you know. All that in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you can't eat the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's even funnier now that I know that my wife listens to the show. <laughs> your, your your Christmas gift is going to be like a queening chair. <laughs> That's the one where the, it sits on your, yeah, okay. Yeah, there's like a metal basin for fucking <laughs> fluids. <laughs> Oh, baby, that's the 48 minutes of dogs barking riff of the week. It's just... A cleaning chair. See, don't put ideas in her head because then she's going to go out and get it. So from pussy flavored potato chips to somebody really stupid. If you remember, I don't know if you're familiar with true crime podcasts. I don't know if you're a true po- crime podcast I have, guy. I, I, uh, this is why I don't date white women. That's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely. This is like quite, this is not like a joke, but like every, every like strip, just like white woman I've ever dated. There's like this conversation that comes about podcasts and like talk about, oh, I listen to like stuff so like political, and like about yeah. art and like leftist based futurism and all that. And she's like, oh, this one, this is like about like murders and shit. And it's like, <laughs> I have an aunt that 
is really in the serial killers and stuff Ugh. like that and true crime. And so I grew up on this stuff. I grew yeah. up reading about mass murders and serial killers. So like, this isn't out necessarily outside my wheelhouse. Yeah. Like, there was stuff like I knew, like, when I watched the Ted Bundy documentary, there was stuff where I was like, that's bullshit. Or like, hey, they left out an actually really interesting fact here. And like, oh, man. Like, I'm sorry to say I knew that much, like, just as a teenager. Jeez. But it must was, be hard to watch, like, like serial killer stuff with you because you're like oh well no that's wrong i got <laughs> yeah or yeah I, I mean i'm not that picky anymore but there's like but like you know you know when they talk about like uh ted bundy raping and like i think like burying a woman the sorority girls when like he escaped from aspen mm-hmm. what they forget is that he actually shoved a can of hairspray in one of the women's so anyways wow like I was like, you know what? That's a really for for that the the Netflix documentary, which loved to sit on all these vulgar details. Like I felt like you really missed yeah, like the that's that's definitely one the that would fit of just like the vulgarity and the depravity of Ted Bundy. But anyways, in the world, I don't date white women. Okay, that's where that, that's the <laughs> takeaway. <laughs> so so in the world of true crime podcasts, there's a guy who used to run a podcast called Sword and Scale. Sword and Scale was kind of infamous in the true crime podcast space for being, shall we say, brutal and graphic. That's That yeah. was his whole deal. And it turns out he's kind of an alt-right shithead. And Didn't he have like a very well-funded Patreon for a number of he years? He did. Yes. And yeah, and so that, that same guy, Wondery dropped him for various shithead things he said online. Well, this week, here he is again posting from the official Sword and Shield Twitter that's a, a sword and shield. Sword and scale. Jesus Christ. Shit and piss. I'm the one who's supposed to be doing research. At sword and scale, a poll. And the poll reads, when listening to a true crime podcast, which race do you prefer the murder victims to be? <laughs> Jeez. And the three options are white, black, and indigenous. Now, because Twitter polls only give you three options... That is what he had to work with, but not defending it because it's an insanely stupid question. It's, you know what? I thought Elon Musk was having a bad week with <laughs> polls, but... <laughs> and he continues to dig. Once I understand why those with pronouns in their bio who do nothing but demand more POC representation in all forms of entertainment are feigning outrage at the question. Would you prefer if I asked what race you wanted the perpetrator to be? Just wanted to make sure I got your hashtag woke... Rules right. Thumbs up. Woo, oh, baby. what a shithead. <laughs> and of course, one of the first responses at Aaron D says, make sure you use the backlash to this tweet to reinforce whatever dumb fuck belief system you already have instead of growing as a person. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> not I mean, wrong. Yeah. yeah, no, not wrong. Like, it's hey, amazing. I just, I can't even begin to know. Like, why would you? Okay. First of all, this guy got dropped by Wondery. Wondery's a big name in the true crime and just any podcast space. Wondery's, they give you a yeah. lot of money. They do, all the, you know, they do all the arranging. They do the editing. It's a whole thing. It's a big thing. He's still trying to eke out a living on Patreon. And I'm wondering, and this is my brain, I'm wondering if this is a cynical PR ploy to try to get people back. Like, raise enough of a stink, yeah. get enough alt-right shitheads to sign up for your shit, and continue making money. He's either a complete dumbass or this is what he's doing. And it's 50-50, but I'm leaning... You know what? Yeah. Here's the fun thing. It can be both. It can be both, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes it is. Most of the time it is, yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, no, that that sounds like that guy is trying to get back into 
someone's uh, radar. He's got to, yeah, he's got to keep the grift going. Another Twitter failure. See, before Twitter shuts down, I got to start documenting all the insane shit that's been happening for the past couple weeks because it's just. Here's the thing. There was once a theory about, you know, there's a main character on Twitter. The goal every day is not to be it, right? Mm -hmm. I still think that's entirely true. But for the past couple months, really, it's been Elon's been the main character. Yeah. So some of these guys have been slipping through the cracks. And I feel like I got to scoop that shit up because, you know, you may not know this. So this guy, uh, Jackson Hinkle, I don't know if you're familiar with this guy. Mm -mm. Another reactionary alt-right dipshit. Mm. So he posts a a (laughs) shirtless selfie with a... Um, either a beanie or a do-rag on. Can't really tell. He's got his AirPods in. He's got a wave cap. Oh, is that a wave cap? No, I'm just... What, what could be the worst thing a white guy is <laughs> yeah, wearing? Yeah, a wave cap. That, that's it. So the post says, 45 minutes in sauna listening to Orthodox chants to cleanse my soul of the dark energy from OF whores on this app. OF, of course, short for OnlyFans, a site where users can post nudies and things and get paid for it. You know, you Has don't this have guy to... ever heard of Enigma. Like, there's much better ways to listen to your Gregorian chants. It was Enigma, the one that had the hit in the '90s. Was that the one? They had a couple of hits. Oh, in did the they? 90s. Oh wow! Because yeah, that... I think I know exactly. Innocence. That was the one. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The Pure Moods CD. Pure Mo- Oh God! Yes, yes. Because I rem- uh, somebody used that in Tropic Thunder for one of the fake movie trailers that Robert Downey Jr. was in. That's right. Because that yeah. I was like, where have I heard that recently? And that popped in yeah but yeah there's there's a lot of different ways to get your your gregorian chants but also like i've had to spend 45 minutes listening to gregorian chants because there's too many horny women yeah (laughs) the women too the women are too slutty it's like dude uh you control who you follow you know you can like mute and block and go outside (laughs) like no come on it's too much for these guys Jordan Tinkle over here, you know, just what an like, amazing name. <laughs> I just couldn't help, you know, think uh, Jordan Tinkle. Tinkle is Einhorn. <laughs> eh, it's not a good joke. Uh, it's, it's like just, the it's most just... transphobic joke in history, too. Fucking like, it's a it's a good twist for a movie, but the, his reaction to it is just it's well, Ace it's, it's also weird to think that like a very knowable something awful poster had the screen name Captain Winky. Mm-hmm. And I think me and him are still friends on Steam. <laughs> <laughs> well, wouldn't surprise me. Oh, here we go. Uh, at David Bix writes, I've been pretty clear about my thoughts on the Twitter files. The Twitter files is a bunch of shit put together by Matt Tavey, Barry Weiss, a bunch of other shitheads. I'm amazed. I'm amazed it's just not, they're not posting like the Olive Garden menu. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you're here, you're Twitter. I don't know. But there's a, he did uncover something interesting in the Twitter files, dug through them, found something neat. His post continues, why was the FBI's San Francisco office asking Twitter to suspend a parody account of the wrestler The Undertaker that generally tweeted about The Undertaker shitting his pants and blaming it on an imaginary entity named Mr. Brown? <laughs> oh, yeah, I sent this to you. I'm like, why does this sound familiar? Yeah, at Mad and Pissed Off. And the screenshots from at Mad and Pissed Off are like, why would I shit my own pants? <laughs> I forgot about this account. If I had the click remote, I'd rewind it to when my pants get shitted by Mr. Brown so I can wake up and pound him. Uh, Hey, Sean, here's a headline. Current Hall of Famer finding second life outside of the ring as mall walker slash chef who doesn't shit his own pants. In parentheses, it's Mr. Brown. (laughs) The fact that there existed an entire account 
pretending to be the Undertaker, who blamed shitting his pants on an entity named Mr. Brown. I did not know this. This was news to me, and you brought this to me, and I went, what? And not only that, but then Twitter suspended him because the FBI in San Francisco said to. I have no response. There's no joke there. This is is great. (laughs) But it's like it also kind of harks back to a certain era of like Twitter accounts. Oh yeah, my one of my favorite accounts that no one really archived, and I don't think will ever be unblocked or unbanned is uh, Boss of the Gym. There's so many people that have entered the Twitter space, and Mm -hmm. like you know they burned really hard for like three to six months. And then, you know, they get, like, banned for, like, telling the Mars moon lander they're going to sodomize it or something. You know, like, just something rude, like, sending feet pics to, like, Natalia from WWE or something. You know, like, just being, like, just really just You like what you see? Yeah. You like what you see? (laughs) The boss of this gym. (laughs) Oh, the boss of this. I'm going to have to see what I can find. That might be, we'll we'll hold on to that. I'll put that in our back pocket. Because, you know, once Twitter dies, we'll have to be a, uh, every once in a while, we'll have to come back to some accounts that that, that were. How much much more time are you giving Twitter? How much more time am I giving Twitter? Oh, as far as, like, how long the site has? Yeah. I'd say, like, Um, a year. I don't know. I think... If Elon's really serious about stepping down as CEO, which I don't believe, it's drama queen shit. Don't don't buy Grimes. into it. Grimes. Uh, <laughs> Grimes. Ed, now that I've heard Ed Zitron's impression, I I, I start doing it at random. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Mike Ehrmantraut thing we got stuck on for a while. It's just like I just I'll Grimes. be right <laughs> Grimes. <laughs> this is what you're gonna do, Grimes. <laughs> you're gonna call your friend Bjork, Grimes. <laughs> You're going to tell the people at Burning Man I'm cool to party with. You're going to go home, you're going to take some MDMA, and you're going to lose about three days. My new tropics are running out, Grimes. <laughs> uh, now that we've combined the two, it's almost worse. So, <laughs> speaking of Elon, though, this is related. His mom is on Twitter, of course. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. May Musk is on Twitter. She looks like a. I mean, this has been said before, but she really does look like a super villain. Yeah, like even worse than like uh, Trump's mom, like just uh, real, real villain energy. But she responds, when I gave a talk for a corporation, I don't other promote other corporations. If I did, I'd be fired on the spot and never booked again. She's referring, of course, to the proposed rule that Twitter was going to have where you couldn't link to other social media platforms. How long did that last? Like 24 hours? Yeah, it didn't even last a full day. It was yeah. like 18 hours. So this gentleman uh, at Jeremy Monjo, Jingle Ghost is the is the handle currently. Uh, the post is, I know we're comparing this to the golden age of mod breakdowns. Again, low tax. But I was never on a forum where the mod's mom had an account and would chime in with, my lovely boy is doing a wonderful job. <laughs> <laughs> my little treat boy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the last Elon-related thing and the last thing for, for things that were happening on the Internet this week. Now, you, you got to understand, this is Josh Mankiewicz. This is the son of the famous screenwriter, the guy who wrote Citizen Kane, mm-hmm. the one uh, whom Gary Oldman famously played in David Fincher's Mank. You know, I still haven't seen Mank. Oh, it's pretty good. I, I, it was one of those things where I tried to get my friends to watch it, and they were all like, oh, I don't want to watch it. And then yeah. I don't know if it's even on Netflix still. It's a modern... Yeah, it's going to be, because it's one of theirs. They, oh, okay. they paid for it. But yeah, it's a, it's it's Fincher flexing his his muscles, recreating old Hollywood. It's kind of a love letter to movies. It's it's one of those things. It feels very 
much like he was trying to do Citizen Kane, but about the writing of Citizen Kane. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. It was much better than that that HBO made for TV One RKO 281. Sure. Even though that had Leah Schreiber in it playing Orson Welles, which was a weird choice. But anyway. <laughs> Man's a fool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so Josh Mankiewicz posted someone else's post, but the post in question says, and I'm quoting here, it boggles my mind that somebody paid $44 billion to become the permanent main character of Twitter. Say what you will, but when William Randolph Hearst owned a newspaper, you could not get away with calling him a little bitch in it. You wanted to call William Randolph Hearst a little bitch, you had to go to the trouble of making Citizen Kane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because famously, Charles Foster Kane is based on William Randolph Hearst. Yeah. It's it's well documented. It's it's a well known uh, thing. But yeah, the fact that that Manx kid is is posting this, like yeah yeah. They're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I've never seen Citizen Kane all the way through. Oh my goodness, what a what a film! Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. If you, I, I I've seen like the last like twenty minutes, and I was like, oh wow, this is really intense. Yeah, and even the opening, like people kind of mock it a little bit. It's kind of become a a weird pop cultural punching bag because like it sets up this mystery. It's like you can see how going from Citizen Kane forward, like guys like J.J. Abrams got fucking boners and started like making every movie about like, Ooh, why did he say the thing? But there's just, there's shit in there that like, it took them another 50, 60 years to be able to do digitally that he was doing in camera. There were, I mean, it's just some shit that like, there was like, I mean, I know a little bit about the production where like just to get certain cam- camera angles, they're like digging holes in the ground. Oh, like creating fake windows to then like, and then passing a camera between three people to get this seamless shot of this one, just one thing. It lasts 30 seconds in the movie and you never notice it. Through modern standards, but at the right. time it was groundbreaking. It was like, Whoa, I've never seen a camera do this or this, uh, which I think is why Fincher wanted to do Mank, because that type of thing is very much Fincher's whole deal. Is like I want to do stuff that people are going to be impressed by. Yeah, so it it makes thematic sense. I'll have to, I'll have to check out Mank. Mank. Um, Everybody's got Mank fever. Everyone's got <laughs> Mank on the brain. So I guess this is kind of like uh, the equivalent of like Del Toro doing like Nightmare Alley or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, that 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 is spot on. Did you see that? By the way, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, a little love. long, but like it, you, nothing's really wasted in it, so you can't yeah. really be mad. There's really not a lot of fat on it. I mean, no. The, yeah, it's just a long movie, right? But, yeah, like like you said, there's no like, I didn't dislike any moment of it. Like I'm like, this is all pretty tight, and uh, I think I could think of maybe one scene with Defoe that you could cut, but it's Defoe, so you don't really want to cut it anyway. Yeah, you so. know, he's got that huge penis. <laughs> On cut, fi- right? We finally watched. Uh, I, we finally watched uh, Spider Man No Way Home. Yeah, what would you think? It was fine. I will save it for the breath mint, mm. but um, I thought it was fun. I think the Spider-Man Marvel movies are probably the best Marvel movies. Right, because like, they're Sony. They're, they're not technically, yeah. They're... Yeah, and... Because uh, uh, even Venom was a lot more fun than, than most Marvel stuff. Yeah, you know? and I feel like uh, like the only thing... I think the only Marvel movies that are actually fun are like the Doctor Strange ones. Yeah, because at least they're visually interesting, yeah. That, that's why I like about him. Yeah, but let's uh, let's go forward. Yeah, what we'll, we got we'll, here. We'll go forward. This is, of course, uh, one of my favorite portions of the program, Crypto Scam of the Week. You're listening to 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking, the podcast. And now it's time for the Crypto Scam of the Week. This one happens to bring together two of my, uh, my favorite things to yammer on about. That's right, folks. 
Donald Trump. Donald Trump, folks. The man's a fool. <laughs> so, some of you are already aware, of course, his major announcement the other day was not anything campaign-related. It was, in fact, and he was selling... NFTs. NFTs! Amazing. NFTs on OpenSea. $99 NFT trading cards. And here's what's... The, okay, the funniest part to me. These are what a 10-year-old would think was the coolest thing. Because, like... Oh, yeah, there's one where I'm a spaceman, and there's one where I play, that's one I'm a cowboy, and that's one where I'm, you know, <laughs> where, it's amazing. where I got uh, play baseball, and there's one where I have a million dollars. I have one million dollars. <laughs> here's one where I have two puppies. Yeah, <laughs> here's one where I have sunglasses, and I'm giving a thumbs up to the camera. Like some 10-year-old. It's definitely some Steve Brule shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like where Steve, the episode of Steve Brewer, where he's interviewing himself, but it's like his cooler the cool version. guy. Yeah, yeah, I got like uh, thirty skateboards and a lot of jet skis. Yeah, yeah. The, you know what? Trump does have that Steve Brule vibe to him. He's just, <laughs> huh? That's enough of that jibber jabber. You know, <laughs> I feel like he could have pulled that out at any press conference. Like, I get the this situation. This is enough of that jibber jabber. Amazing. Talk about broats. Try um, to find the playpen. <laughs> so that was funny in and of itself. But the fact that uh, per Fast Company's reporting here, uh, Chris Morris wrote this uh, super quick read, worth reading. But yeah, the the online reaction to Donald Trump's major announcement, emphasis his of a series of NFT trading cards has gone pretty much as you'd expect. And the video of his announcement was also very funny. Just because he clearly does not believe in any of this. I mean, like, his pitch is like that, too. It's like, maybe maybe it'll be as cool as a trading card. Who knows? Maybe you'll like it. I don't give a shit. Like, it's really like the vibe of it. It's really amazing. <laughs> we got amazing prizes, like dinner with me. Maybe that's not so amazing, but you <laughs> like he dunks on himself mid announcement. Like, it's just like it's kind of like it's like Gil from The Simpsons. <laughs> you just you gotta get the you, uh, you gotta get the rust warranty. This Calico's is just it'll just uh, Gil close the sale. <laughs> but essentially, the long and short of it, per fast company is that you know everybody mocked it. Even as sales continue to roll out, you know, some collectors have already started. Those who those who have bought it have already put their cards back on the market. Yeah. Like it's OpenSea has a big <laughs> deluge of them right now. Well, I had seen from some of the crypto people I follow on Twitter that not long after launch they had they had were above mint price. They were around two hundred, and I believe it's my understanding that yeah, I think you might have already said this, but this is my understanding that they are now below mint. Yes, which is a hundred dollars. Yeah. There was also someone uh, I think like Loom Dart. Mm-hmm. Uh, may have looked into how like the minting was done and uh there was maybe some evidence that supported the idea that trump actually ran off with most of the like super rare it wouldn't and, surprise me and yeah. like you know quote-unquote autographed nfts right so now of course they get a portion of every sale 10 percent, regardless so mm-hmm. i love that royalty there's actually forty-five thousand of these nfts being created which is substantially more than even bored apes because bored apes maxed out at about ten thousand so forty five thousand of these how many variations could there possibly be of him looking like an idiot standing in a, a football field and wearing the number 45 
Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, is there one where he's like puking rainbows? Because I mean, I'm a, you know. Is there one where he's um riding a moped? <laughs> a baguette a, under a his boogie arm. Be- yeah. A boogie board. There's one where he's break dancing. <laughs> Trump starts break dancing. <laughs> Folks, I'm double joy. <laughs> oh Should man! Should I break dance? Nah, we're nah. not gonna break dance. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> but yeah, just the fact that he had a project that that was so openly just idiotic, and the fact that it's like it didn't even last a week until it's starting to to kind of go by the wayside is is very on brand right now. Sure, for Trump. I mean, it's um, very. Uh, Logan Paul, yeah, uh, Coffeezilla has been doing some stuff on that. Oof. Yeah, boy, if you if you have a moment, go back through the last three or four Coffeezilla vi- videos. Uh, he's about uh, crypto zoo and a, yep. and all of that. It just shows you just how weird and greedy and bizarre the crypto space is. You yeah. kind of you think like the like people from like Neopets or like furry forums in like 2002 were fucking just bizarre human beings. Like Logan Paul, who's a like, you know, a WWE wrestler now is like, yeah, fucking way worse than anyone that like dr- jacked off to like a uh, fucking, what was the horse cartoon? Aldo or spirit or whatever. <laughs> well, spirit or my little pony. Or, I mean, you, you name spirit. it. Yeah. The one that was like DreamWorks or something. Yeah. Spirit, yeah. yeah. Sp- spirit. Dra- dragging off the spirit rule 34. <laughs> or is it rule 32? Yes. Okay, rule 34 right. is a big, yeah, I, I am, I am a, I am most certainly like a brain poisons, you know, internet user, but I'm, I'm not that I'm not lead paint. Level. <laughs> I'm not looking at, you know, poorly drawn horse porn. I'm looking at the high quality stuff. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, by the gotta, finest artisans in Japan. You got to go deviant art or what's the anyway? And the, <laughs> I'm not going to ask for sites. Anyway, one last thing in the crypto scam of the week because this is actually related to some stuff that we talked about previously. Are you familiar with Mazars Group? I am not. So the Mazars Group is an auditing firm based in France, and they worked for a bunch of crypto clients: uh, Crypto.com, KuCoin, a bunch of different. Yeah people as an auditing firm well they have paused work for all crypto clients globally according to binance who is also a customer of the firm so that is interesting because you had this one group that did a lot of crypto work and you had stuff happening we talked about in a previous episode or maybe we didn't that that cz from binance might be in some legal trouble yeah um, and then, of course, on top of that, FTX and all that fallout from that. So, like, this might be additional stuff. Like, the fact that the fact that Mazar stopped working with these groups is not in and of itself much of a story. But going with all the rest of that, and like, okay, and now this group that was supposedly auditing them is like, we are not doing crypto anymore at all. Like, they just said, nope, we're done. That's pretty fucking wild. I think... Uh... You know, not without knowing that their mechanisms are, are some of the depth of what they do. It sounds like they're like, yeah, this seems like a really terrible space to be in right now. Maybe we should uh, protect our capital Pretty and, much. And, yeah. and, and celebrate our victories and, <laughs> and, and move the fuck on. Yeah. Well, so Mazar's whole deal was they did what's called the proof of reserve. So that was yeah. their that was their way of auditing financials. But. You know, they're not a full audit. They only show assets, not liabilities. They're basically a snapshot that says, yeah, you know, 
kind of checks out. So it wasn't necessarily useful because someone could do a series of wash trades or someone could do a number of yeah. things to manipulate their numbers, grab that little snapshot and go, oh, yeah, we're, we're solvent. We're fine. Yeah, I mean, we could argue that FTX and like Almeida did similar things. I I think they actually have them on paper doing it in the in the in the wire fraud <laughs> chat in the Slack chat that is called wire fraud. That's amazing. See, you would never catch me in a in a, in a Slack or no. a uh, Discord channel called Big Penis Haver. <laughs> Well, what I immediately was as soon as I heard that thing about FTX having a chat called wire fraud, I I, I flashed to the wire, and Stringer Bell yelling at that guy, "Is you taking notes on a fucking criminal conspiracy?" <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, dude, come on. So yeah, Binance is of course uh, up the river about this because now they can't prove that they've still got the goods. Yeah. So without Mazars. KuCoin, Crypto.com, Binance, and a couple of their clients are now kind of up Shit's Creek because they can't, they have no one that is currently doing this proof of reserve or, or audit or whatever you want to call it. So they can't go to their creditors or whoever and say, yeah, we're solvent. So now, so now they're kind of fending for themselves, which I think is going to be, you know, we're on the crest of another deep dive here. Just, that's the vibe I'm getting. That's uh, yeah. I I think I do. I feel like the darkest days of crypto, yeah. as far as contemporarily speaking, mm-hmm. I don't even think they're here. No, you think it's gonna I get worse? I think I think it's people are wondering like, oh, you know, the soft landing's gonna come or something like that. But like, I mean, I I'm not pouring over charts right now or anything, but just like just going off of the vibe. That I'm getting from like crypto spaces and like crypto Twitter and all that. Yeah. Um, seeing how shit's going on with FTX, shit's going on with CZ right now, and mm-hmm. you know this that you just this information is brought to my attention. Like, I think it there is a crisis for legitimacy. Mm-hmm. There's a crisis for like legitimate liquidity for real products, for, like things that like they're. Real like a legitimate proof of legitimacy, just from from fucking A to Z. There's nothing here that says this is really a value, or is actually like worth participating in. And I don't know if more regulations or less regulations or or better actors or participants in this space is really going to make a big difference because I think the issue itself it just kind of keeps coming back to a. Uh, capitalism like i think this is just kind of the free market like run wild and there is um it's just kind of like the worst parts of human nature you know laid bare like all these scams all these people are getting fucked over the people that get away with it and um you know, it just seems like the worst shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the the upsides are are so few and far between. Like again, like I have that very small part of me that is a, a early '90s internet libertarian. I I've, I've been trying to kill him with Kool Aid <laughs> and beef jerky, but the salted meats just won't take. 
you know, I want, I want to believe that there's something like really worthwhile in all this. Like I keep looking right. And outside of like certain communities, which feel like very like web point one web 1.0. Yeah. It's just, it's all hog shit. It's just like, it's like going to casino, (laughs) but you don't have to wear pants (laughs) and then someone steals your JPEG. (laughs) All my hapes are gone and the sky is gray. That's right. Uh, (laughs) Just, yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of people who kind of got in on the late side, you know, like they may have come to like Wall Street bets or whatever. Yeah. And thought, oh, OK, here's here's easy money. Uh, who doesn't want easy money? That's the folks. whole reason we have lotteries, folks. That's, mm-hmm. you know, but the lure of easy money is made even more alluring i I said lure twice sorry i just like my brain wants to go don't fucking say that but that word the allure of easy money is definitely it's tempting you know and that's the same reason casinos exist like you said like people getting crypto you know we call retail or something like that yeah they don't know how to recharge they understand trends they don't understand how market cap works they don't understand the rules of the game right i can't profess that i really have a great understanding of the rules of the game but i can usually kind of match the map to the territory better than most i think and even then there's there's a lot of motherfuckers out there that are smart about this and that doesn't necessarily mean that being smart about this like with crypto actually means that they're like moral or ethically like no. uh enviable yeah. people <laughs> but they true. but they but they understand the flaws of the system and and how to exploit it i mean it's like when people when I, there was that one uh presidential debate where or, or something other like a towel where someone called out trump about like using tax loopholes and all that and he's like well yeah they're terrible but like i'm smart for doing it you know, yeah. which is like, which is is one of the few times he actually made a good point where it's like him as a capitalist, right. he would be stupid not to use these loopholes or exploit these elements of right. our tax code or, or legal system. Like it's, you know, well, they're there for me to use them. So I'd be stupid not to use them. It's like a fucking master shake line. <laughs> well, they're there for me to use them. I would be stupid not to use them. Yeah. And that's why I'm going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's not wrong. Yeah, it's it's. He does have a lot of master shaking him. Doesn't he? Vain, obsessed with sex. He's got, <laughs> you know. But uh, just there's there's so much pain coming, and I I I feel bad for anybody who's really you know stuck at the moment because I mean, not a lot of options, not a lot of places to go, you know. Because if you can't get your money out of the exchange, oh yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. And there's some worries that Binance might be having some liquidity issues, which yeah, didn't they have a bank run the other day? Basically, I haven't, like I said, I haven't really keeping up as much as I'd like to uh, recently. But I've seen some stuff about that, and and there's been some fud, and (laughs) that's um, fear, uncertainty, and doubt for you non-crypto people, non-finance people, basically, because I think a lot lot of terminology does originate in trading and the history of like trading as like we know contemporary contemporarily like with like uh stock trades and all that i'm not going to get into it it is like fascinating that like people were doing that shit with like abacuses and stuff and it's oh, just yeah. like and like you know people use boats still so it was like how do you the, the time it just all seems like 
actuarial tables and all this like yeah you know, yeah uh just like just some like japanese dude getting really fucking horned up about the price arbitrage on the prices of rice and different ports and shit and you're like i'm reminded of my favorite christmas movie what trading places i'll bet that that man could run our company as well as one thought this is outrageous i haven't done anything wrong i'm not a thief I've never seen Trading Places. Okay, Trading Places has one of the best bits about finance. Because the whole bit is that Dan Aykroyd's character is a guy who works in futures. Mm -hmm. So his whole deal is that he bets on the price of things going up or down. That's mm -hmm. the whole thing. So his bosses, these two evil dipshits, I call them Statler and Waldorf. It's not actually their names. But they make a bet. They bet each other a dollar that if they can get Dan Aykroyd's character, the, the Wall Street asshole, to switch places with the homeless guy played by Eddie Murphy, uh, that, that that you know the homeless guy can do a better job, but it's also just incredibly funny. And then there's a whole bit in it where they talk about how they manipulate stock prices and how they talk about betting on futures and stuff. That contained more information for me than anything I've seen or read since. Like the yeah. move, the the fucking comedy movie that Dan Aykroyd said. Had more Dan information Aykroyd, about geez. yeah, a young Dan Aykroyd too. He's looking very svelte, very, very, uh, very chic. But uh, it's also a Christmas movie, so I love that. It's really fun. Um, but it is R, so I can't show the kids yet. But I'm, you know, one, one of the as soon as they get old enough, I'm like one of these days, fucking movie. Because uh, I also like, oh, Die Hard, Die Hard. You know, because everybody goes on about Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I'm just thinking like, it's a good movie. I fucking, I mean, that's, why do we watch Die Hard every Christmas? Because it's amazing. Yeah, it's a good movie. What the fuck? <laughs> then does, that's this, does this sound like I'm ordering a fucking pizza? pizza? <laughs> oh, and the fact that they got Reginald Bill Johnson. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Harry the Shot Kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, the joke is that he's the same character on that, that he is in Family Matters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was a Fiat mm -hmm. meme for like a yes. good period of time. Harry yeah. that killed a kid. So the main topic of this week's episode is a we talked about web comics maybe once or twice on the show. We we did Jerk City, uh, I believe. I think that was the, really the big one that we talked about. First it? one, yeah. yeah. Um, there was the the incel one. Okay, yeah, yeah. The name which is escaping me. Oh, uh, Thin H Line. Thin H Line was the was the. We've talked about comics before. <laughs> we've talked about comics before. This one flew under my radar. Because I had seen it maybe once or twice, and it never really stuck with me. I think about it all the time. You do? Yeah. All right. So this one is called Space Moose. And and to be fair, this does kind of cheat the concept of our podcast, because this was print only, I believe, yeah, for a long time. But... but I think how most people have gotten to appreciate Space Moose has been through the internet, so I think it's it's viable. No, I I remember seeing it on some early sites. Yeah, you know, so like you would you would be on a forum and somebody would post something, and it would be like a single panel from Space Moose, and that's really all I knew it from. There'd be like, oh, I got with a single panel today. Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, th he threw it in the chat. He thought <laughs> anyway. Uh, so Space Moose started in Canada, like all good things, a mm -hmm. uh, an underground comic strip. In the newspaper for the University of Alberta, The Gateway, it ran from 89 to 99. The guy, and I, I the guy's name who, who created the comic is Adam Thrasher. Which is an amazing name. <laughs> his pen name is even better. Oh, fuck. Yeah, what was his pen name? Oh, Mustafa Al-Habib. <laughs> 
Jesus. Yeah, Adam Thrasher. Back feel- when those jokes were really fun. Like I bet, I bet, I bet the dudes that did Group X loved Space oh, Moose. Yeah. Um. So Adam Thrasher immediately, my mind went to Longmont Potion Castle. You know, yeah. Thrasher at the docks. Yeah. This but- is uh, Adam Thrasher. I'm the, o- <laughs> I'm the only one here at the docks. Yeah. Hello. This is Thrasher here at uh, United Parcel Service. Yeah. I'm writing this uh, Moose comic. If you're interested. It was everything that I think of when I think about early 90s web comics. And that's why I think it fits neatly in kind of the niche of the show because it's gross. Yeah. It's kind of got an amateurish drawing quality, kind of a loose canon almost about, you know, certain characters do this and certain, you know, um, some of the dialogue feels like it fits in with stuff like Jerk City. Some of the. It feels very proto like shithead internet. Yes. Um, it, it, you can say it feels a little proto Family Guy in some of its uh, kind of yeah it's, because it's just likes to push the norms and yeah it's, you know, it's a <laughs> the uh, the one comic uh, Take Back the Night I found to be who uh, really interesting mostly because the punchline is so uh, the Take Back the Night comic I think is probably arguably the most infamous Space Moose comic yeah and um. The premise is that Space Moose is going to a feminist take back the night rally to, to, to put them back in their place. And a character named Bald Dwarf uh, <laughs> tells them, uh, well, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and call the boys in blue. And the punchline is Space Moose saying, like, good idea. We could use some backup, oh. which... Uh, <laughs> oh, which, wow. which these days hits a little different. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not wrong also, but that's, you know... Not only was there this, you know, it's called Clobber in Time is the yeah. is the name of the the comic, and yeah, he 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 goes out and he's gonna <laughs> the the take back the night rally. He does so. He's then captured by the stereotypical cliche of this big butch lesbian, who then forces him to watch. Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman <laughs> as his rehab. In the uh, Woman's Studies Building. That's right. And it just... So and woman is spelled W-O-M-Y-N, yes, in the in the classic uh, Andrea Dworkin style. And yeah. actually, he makes Andrea Dworkin a Jabba the Hutt-like character later on. <laughs> I forgot about that. He freezes Space Moose, and he has a giant boner. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that was 1997. That, of course, led to the Gateway refusing to publish, dropping them, you know, and, and and so there was a whole legal proceeding, well, somewhat. I mean, it was a disciplinary proceeding through the university, charged him with discrimination against women for the university's code of conduct. He was declared guilty. University punished him by issuing a written reprimand, the most weakest of reprimands you can do. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he was uh, fined $200. That was a lot back then. And let's see here. And yeah, and then he, of course he said, I'm not going to pay it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, he appealed the decision. The university then overturned the charges. The front page of the November 5, 1998, The Gateway stated, Space Moose beats the rap. So <laughs> he got the the censure, the fine. He appealed it. And the appeal went through, and he, he was not 
amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, truly, a, truly a regular day for justice. And this was over, you know, a cartoon that involves like an anthropomorphic, badly drawn moose in a Star <laughs> Trek uniform. Oh, yeah. That's that's why he's called Space Moose is that he's literally a moose in a Star Trek uh, uniform. Yeah. yeah. It's just kind of crude and vulgar and bizarre and definitely has like some late 80s, early 90s, like libertarian, like news group vibes to it. Yeah. Uh, feminists are, are a, a routine punching bag. We just had to be up on them so they could get tough, Jason. I'm trying to find, there's a particularly gruesome one about Andrew Dworkin, and I'm trying to find. Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> he's sent to the Patriarchy Correction Ward, and where he says, Space Moose, the character says, if I have to watch one more attosecond of Dr. Quim which is what he calls Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. I'm going to start menstruating. We have to get out of this estrogen pit. So uh, I cooked up this KD Lang wig, and we're going to seduce the guards. Like, just... It, hey, yeah. At the time, it was probably riotous. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, it feels a little droll now, but it's like I can see where... I still think for me the, the epitome of Space Moose... Oh, there it is. Yeah, the epitome of Space Moose is I still think Space Moose and the time machine or travels through time. Yeah. I think that is, to me, like the epitome of... That's the one where Space Moose makes sure that Kennedy is assassinated, poses as the doctor for Noam Chomsky's mother and says about to terminate the pregnancy. He goes to a gladiator pit with the badger friend. (laughs) Right. And then uh, he fucks himself in the ass. Right. He (laughs) is like past self and he goes yeah he goes through time so he can fuck himself (laughs) in the ass and then and destroys the time space continuum right so it's like a blasted hellscape and he's standing there is like giant penis coming out of the ground and his thought bubble is perfect (laughs) jesus christ but yeah andrew dworkin a a third wave feminist a big target uh, as you would expect presented in this particular comic <laughs> called Give to Me Give the Give the Moose to Me as Job of the Hut where his friends are coming to rescue him from the uh, the feminist torture chamber where he's been placed you said oh that's right it's carbonite because he's got he's frozen in carbonite with a boner yeah, huge <laughs> fucking noise. it's it's amazing like some of the gags in Space Moose could be one of the first times you see certain gags in nerd culture in that sort of way it feels like at least it's like the earliest way i've seen some of these things expressed like being the carbonite but it's like a gag like yeah you, you're frozen the carbonite and you've got like a fucking thick veiny one going on. yeah well and then there's um it, it ends with fuck it let's go see titanic which was in theaters at the time yeah and then it also then double ends with admiral akbar in a in a chair telling this story to you pipe in hand like well that's how i remember it anyway <laughs> what the fuck like, there's this whole story arc about this and then it's admiral akbar from the star wars movies telling you this story what it was just a, a series of like collapsing ridiculousness this one came out around the time where star wars episode one came out where space moose gets a bootleg copy of the new star wars movie <laughs> but they put it on the screen and it says Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Anus, and it's uh, Boba Fett, but it's just a guy with a Boba Fett helmet on, naked from the neck down, 
I have brought this boyish, hairless droid for the Emperor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so essentially that they got a, a quote-unquote bootleg copy of the Star Wars movie, but it's a gay porno. Um, <laughs> this is hairless boy for the <laughs> And then in the end, you see uh, uh, C-3PO, the guy, C-3PO, uh, fucking one of the Emperor's guards <laughs> one of the characters there is that i should have guessed in space moose of course watching with rapt attention saying prude you know because he's you know he's whatever he's down for whatever but like <laughs> nothing nothing is too taboo for space moose. no and but this brought up a whole thing in my mind i had this thought out earlier i was like why don't pornos have funny names anymore is this really like they're like it's, it's bob burgers the triple x parody and it's like Half right. these characters are children. How about, Why are you doing this? this how is about weird. like Bear Burr Nuts? I don't know. That one doesn't have a good... That one, Bob's Boners. There you go. There you there go. You Bob Boner. Bob Bonehers. Bob, yeah. Bob Bones Her. <laughs> See? Yeah. There's no There's no creativity put into these. It's just like this. And set on the chalkboard, it's like a different sex position. Right. You see? Today see, we're going to be doing see, the this works. Thing. I don't know. People are getting lazy. They just want to fuck. Right. They don't, want, I, they, they don't care it. about the art anymore. Right. They just want to put the P in the V. You know, there's just no No one really cares about why they're fucking. It's just that they care that they are fucking. And I don't know if that's really... I don't know if, that, if there's any heart in that. And I know I sound like Burt Reynolds in Bookie Nights, but <laughs> there's got to... Okay, so I was just thinking like, okay, maybe not even in parodies, but like just even in the name of a of a porno, like... Behind, behind the green door, the devil and Miss Jones. Yeah, Debbie does Dallas. You know, like the name means something. It yeah. has a it has a point to it. Yeah, or, or even like Deep Throat, right? Straight to the point. The throat's deep. The throat is deep. Uh, but even uh, I'm trying to think like Insatiable. Okay, that's a that's a movie that that you know that that's what it's about. Milf fucks stepson. It's like okay, you're telling me what's happening, but give me something. Like come on, like I don't know. Like, I, there was an art. There was an art to the parody titles. There was an art to the titles. I don't know. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Anus at least had a, at least had a joie de vivre. It was funny. It had a, you know, something. The hairless boy for the emperor. <laughs> <laughs> we were a proper society, you know. <laughs> Return, <laughs> but just for that. Jet's the only. <laughs> That's the only thing. That's it. I don't know if you saw this when you were doing your research. Do you know oh. what Am Thrasher's current job is? Yeah, he's like a college professor, which wow. is just so weird to go from like space moves to uh, I don't know, a guy wearing corduroy with like you know hatched shoulders <laughs> and our elbows, doing the same pipe photo that Admiral Akbar was in in the in the in the, in the Andrew Dworkin Jabba the Hutt one. Yeah, like did like there was no filter. There was nothing like there, there was. It was violent. It was grotesque. It was sexual. Absurd. Without being pornographic, but it was still gross and sexual. And like, I guess Space Moose was like a bi icon if you really want to go uh, there. Or a, uh, pan? Just a tr- just anything. Right. Like, I don't know. It was like a definitely like a type of sexuality more than just like. I'm down to fuck. <laughs> My name's Space Moose, and I'm, I'm here to fuck. To f- oh, I'm a uh, Space Moose, and uh, <laughs> going to stick it in my uh, my ass. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of like what. I'm what the Jeff voice Goldblum, Space Moose. Yeah. <laughs> Get Jeff Goldblum in the Space Moose movie. I'm pretty sure they're going to need some some material. They made a movie for Ball America. Dwarf. <laughs> 
<laughs> these uh, feminists are getting really uh, uppity. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez, Space Moose. <laughs> I don't know why. Jeez, just... <laughs> oh, Space Moose. Bald Dwarf. I just It felt like a Rick and Morty character. Because, uh, uh, he, yeah, he's, he is the one to kind of complain and go along with the plan. That, that, yeah. does, that kind of fits. But, uh, yeah, just. <laughs> Bald Dwarf is the character getting shown. Yeah, constantly. And I think that's part of why it's uh, pretty funny. But, like, he did actually get his doctorate in 2000. Yeah. That was the, that was the thing. I'm looking through there was a there was an FAQ that spacemoose.com used to have and so I'm oh. I'm reading through this and yeah spacemoose started out as a three-way collaboration between Adam Adam Thrasher Jason Kampika and a pharmacy student Donald Hughesrow uh, Don fell by the wayside drawing only one actual spacemoose cartoon although he remained an advisor and wrote the complete text of the brilliant strip the lesions aren't herpetic which goes a little something like this starts with a doctor. Well, the lesions aren't herpetic; they're syphilitic. But that's good. We can cure syphilis. Space moose. That's what I like to hear. The doctor. Okay, let's have a look in your ass. The doctor inserts his hand. A panel of a pause, and then very funny. Space moose. Please release my hand. Like it's one of the least offensive strips. It is. <laughs> it's actually fairly. Good. I was like that. That feels like that would fit into like an R-rated comedy nowadays. I think that would be a, you know like let go of my hand. Yeah. Like so these 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 people that he worked with, you know, they were all Alberta people. Who says Canadians can't be funny? I I believe that Canadians are the funniest people on the planet. Arguably, Norm Macdonald. True. Yeah. I mean, I was gonna say <laughs> Dutch people when you try to tip them. Well, sure, but that's more of a how they react to things versus just like being funny in general. Right. Here's a question that was asked on the FAQ. Where do you get your ideas? Adam, of course, responds, from my ass. Now, that kind of, <laughs> that kind of proto-South from Park. From my humor. ass! Yeah, it does really feel like that deserves to be shouted almost. Like, from my ass! What do you think? <laughs> God, that hurts. Jeez. Damn. Wow. <laughs> you're, really, you're really checking out the acoustics I of the am. chalet yeah. here. Just the fact that it was able to... I don't know. It's just such a weird comic. Like I, I sat there and I read through the whole archive. It's not very long. You can find it there. Uh, the web archive has it, but also there's a site mozai m o z a i dot com slash writing slash not underscore mind slash space moose has the uh, full archive of all the scans, and it's, it's amazing. Yeah, and I mean, there's not that many of them. You can blow through them in a day. Some of them are a little like, eh, but. Generally, the humor still hits, even if yeah. like you're like, eh, I don't know if this is age well. Like, oh, I can see why this was funny back then. Yeah, I yeah. There's still a few that like I, coming back to. I had pretty good chuckle. I was like, oh yeah, Space Moose Kai whips ass. And there's a bit where he's doing at the movie store and trying to rent gay porn. Like, just you know, that's funny and relatable. I uh, mean, it's like the frogs. You know, like uh, I was <laughs> watching a a, a a video of the frogs. You know the the infamous Milwaukee duo, and the comment was the gayest music about being drug addicts by men who were neither gay nor drug, nor drug addicts. addicts. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's kind of like Ween. Like some of that stuff is like, okay, you really, you know, you're like, ah, did did Gene Ween really mean to like put the coke on his dick, or was he just taking artistic license? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, there's just some some goofy comics about being Canadian. But then eventually, uh, Thrasher went back through and colored some of them. So some of them are in this like really gross MS Paint uh, color. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a, an evening with, at the gas hole. 
Yeah, just very, very strange. It was about their trip to Vegas, and it, it, he's giving them all cocaine. So coming back from coming through the Canadian border, he gives them all a balloon of cocaine to swallow. And then one of the friends gets upset with him, and he punches him in the gut, and the, and the baggie of cocaine breaks. And then there's a whole six-panel comic where he's just high as shit at the casino. Like, that's the whole comic. Uh, so it, it it got a little experimental, a little weird. Not nearly as weird as I would have liked, as far as like, sure. I would have liked to keep with that Vegas storyline, but he dropped it like the next. That is perhaps the thing that sucks the most about like niche comics or underground comics from that era, is that they are very much at the whim of the author. They're a little impulsive, right. which sometimes plays off pretty well. Right. Other times you're just like, oh man, this was this was a really funny idea. I mean, Aquid has a couple of things like That's that. That's true. Yeah, just, Chris just drops it. Yeah. And, you know, these really great story arcs, man, I guess maybe he just couldn't figure out a way to keep it going for another six ish or you know, six iterations on that arc. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if I have six more of these in me. I'm just going to cut it right here. Or or, sure. or he would go the surrealist route as far as Aquid goes. You're just like, okay, how about um, we're going to have six panels of somebody, you know, cooking a bagel and crying? Yeah. <laughs> Beef. Right. Yeah. Just, just bite down the bread and I'll pull away. Akewood famously has a, a very a goofy uh, bit about roast beef, the, the cat who has depression, struggling to eat. Yeah. Uh, and his <laughs> wife, his dutiful wife, Molly, Molly. instructing uh-huh. him to bite on the toast. And I, I think she asks him, like, you know, if I pull away, you'll you'll take some, you know, like if you'll 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 give some resistance and like, <laughs> and there's just it's like six or eight panels straight, and it's like the same image, so it's meant to give you that impression of time going very slow, but like it was expressionistic, it was kind of interesting. Kind yeah, of weird. I think I think some of the best. You know, I eventually, yeah, hopefully one day we'll do an Aqua episode. I think we're gonna have to yeah, at I mean, some point. Yeah, um, I think I think some of my favorite. Aquid strips are just beef and Molly. Yeah. Um, particularly the one where he he has this fear uh as he's giving oral sex to Molly <laughs> that he's he gonna will blow s- into her sneeze and yeah. blow into her vagina and, <laughs> and kill she'll her. She'll die. Oh which is doubly funny because in the canon of the comic she's actually been dead before. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other from role. olden times. <laughs> but um but uh but the the, the you know, Aqua is kind of infamous for not really having like a a, a, a traditional punchline as far yeah. as comics go. Yeah. But like, there's a panel where where he's imagining having killed Molly by sneezing into her vagina while pleasing her orally, where she says something along the lines of, "You know, you wanted me to get fake tits, and now." No, that's a different that's one. A different one. It's oh, a God. different comic. I'm, I'm tired. So, so the the sneezing one is like the cops are are like uh, telling him w- what a generous lover he is or something. And yeah. the, so the the other one that you're talking about is that he was fantasizing about what if what if his wife got breast implants, <laughs> and and then like and then he starts reading about you know the complications and that it could possibly kill you. And then um, so he's imagining his wife dead, telling him that like. Oh, uh, well, I go go be with Jesus now because you wanted me to have these fake tits. <laughs> <laughs> I, you want, you turned me into Miss, Mr. Potato Head. Yes. <laughs> and now I'm dead. Like, he's got some hangups, huh? Yeah, it's amazing. As opposed to Space Moose, who does not have any. Any hangups. No, yeah. Space Moose is completely... He's down for whatever. I yeah, think. completely driven by whatever is happening or what may happen Pure next. id. 
just yeah. just straight down the road. And I think that's what I I can see how that would be appealing because there was a certain underground comics vibe, yeah. uh, crumb, you know, or or even just go ahead and fucking do it, yeah, bro. And, and that's interesting to a point. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. There was a lot of underground comics, especially at the time that this was coming out, that did have that same kind of anarchic, gleeful uh, vibe. Like, yeah, we're just going to do whatever. This is comics, baby. You know, like yeah. they they watched Felix the Cat too many times, and they just really like, yeah, let's do it. Fuck yeah, Felix the Cat's great. <laughs> Felix the Cat is great, but it's also it's not much of a movie. Not, not the much movie? happens. Yeah. You know, like. Oh, that I guess that was my experience with Felix the Cat was the movie, and so my like early and probably only interaction with that was was this bizarre movie with like pre-assembled dialogue. It was very odd, it's very weird. Yeah, I used to love that when I was a little kid, but I actually went down the uh, the rabbit hole a couple months ago. I was like, I wonder if someone's uploaded it to YouTube. And they have. And it's not like a it's not a terrible uh, capture. But you're like, oh, wow, this is way rougher than I ever remember it being. Yeah, Felix and the Cat is... It's not... Uh, is not like uh, Nemo's... Little Nemo. Oh, Little Nemo, yeah. It's not like Little Nemo where like they... The, the people who own the rights to it upload like a very respectable 10A... Sure. Uh, version of it to YouTube, and it actually looks great. Right. And uh, that movie still holds up. It has Mickey Rooney? Is like when I was yes. like, why is it has Mickey Rooney as a guy doing blackface? It's so weird. Very strange. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's based off of a hundred-year-old comic, so like even then, you couldn't get. Oh, jeez, a... Mickey yeah. Rooney. Boy, I'm Al uh, Al Jolson. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's that same kind of like. Oh, okay. Did we have to do this? Uh, you're tugging at your shirt collar, like, ew, boy. Ew. But I get that same feeling when I'm trying to read through space moves. It's just like, okay, uh, I, I don't know. It's it's uncomfortable because sure. you're forced to reckon with your your shithead '90s self. I think that's part of it. Yeah, <laughs> this edge lord dynamic, you know. I also want to go back in time and fuck myself in the ass. Sure. And, well, I mean, who and, doesn't? And yeah. condemn the world to a hellscape. <laughs> I also want to stab a time traveler in the stomach. You're like, oh, really? Just shank him. <laughs> I mean, whom amongst us, right? I mean, it would be the first thing I did. Yeah. Right off the bat. If someone said they were from the future and they had like... <laughs> Prove some, it. Pr- pr- yeah. I mean, well, uh, well, you're from the future. I have this knife. <laughs> All right, so it's the gross thing. It's that's right. It's time for the gross picture of the week. It's our uh, shock.jpg segment. Now the moment you've all been waiting for. Shock.jpg. It's called find the gold. Don't find the gold. No, knowing what this topic is about, <laughs> find the gold is not very encouraging. So this one is interesting because it actually existed pretty much only on Encyclopedia Dramatica. Encyclopedia wow. Dramatica, for those of you who are not in the know, was very... where you learn how to gang stalk people in 2008. Yes, it was a proto Kiwi Farms. It was a way. It was in. A, it was a repository of all the, these insane things about. At the time, I guess you could say well known in quotes. You know, people on the internet, and it, but, it, but it was also plagued with. You know, people fucking around, mm-hmm. uh, doing pranks like this one. Generally, just it's a, it was a mayhem of a site. This, for some reason, I, we were talking about something, 
it went it took me down the encyclopedia dramatica rabbit hole and then i was like oh i remember there was a page on encyclopedia dramatica called find the gold so what it is uh the user shit in your litter box <laughs> created a, a, a whole page on encyclopedia dramatica that was just like a a series of images it says to see how scary the abyss is you're going to have to scroll down deeper at the bottom you're going to want to find the block of gold. Once you find it, you will win your right to work and live in the United States. And here's a stock photo of the United Arab Emirates. This is a startup right here. That's right. You are diving down to find the block of gold. And as you scroll down the page, it is nothing but the same repeating gif of a, a hairy gentleman fucking a bald guy over... He's really getting it in. He is That's really a, getting it in, yeah. Impressive form. It's the... Um, I'm not even disgusted, and he's getting at it. Um, he's really he's. <laughs> it, it's like he's trying to deadlift, but he's doing it wrong. And instead, he's fucking a guy in the ass. It's it's almost like he's got the body posture of someone who's trying to play leapfrog, but he is not playing he's leapfrog. Not playing leapfrog. <laughs> he's, he's not playing doing very frog. well. <laughs> yeah, no, this is he's. I mean, it's just it's just good form. I'm not yeah. even like offended or like scandalized. There's a I mean, uh, because I'm so woke and progressive. I'm just really. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the receiver is really apparently very into it. Unfortunately, it looks a, a little bit too much like young David Cross to really. It's really fucking with me. But uh, <laughs> and then as you scroll down past it, uh, ten or fifteen iterations of that same gay porn gif, it says the end of the page. You really expect you could find gold at the bottom? Well, that would be considered cheating. You think you could get it easy? Nope. You gotta risk seeing the gay porn in order to get the achievement. So that... <laughs> that is our shock to JPEG, the find the gold. Not much of a game, not much of a page. It's not literally... Not much of anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally, hey, here's a bunch of gay porn. Uh, Gotcha. Yeah, hey, have you seen... <laughs> Hey, check this out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what if, what if uh, they're gay dudes and they're doing gay <laughs> stuff? That'd be pretty uh, pretty gross, right? And pretty offen- of You wouldn't like you wouldn't like to see see two gay dudes being gay. Ooh, you, does that uh, freak you out? Is it is it trans? Is it is it too trans? Is it, is it fuck with you? Yeah. You, uh, uh, uh. What if they were gay? What if, what if um what if gay people were being gay? Yeah, it's just, it's just, I mean, I get the, I mean, I, you know, obviously I've chuckled at this because it it is absurd. Right. But like, there's, there's something a little dark and uh, immature behind this. uh, Oh, well, clearly, I mean, like I said. Clearly, yeah. I'm not saying this is the epoch of anything, but you're just kind of like, yeah, and this is a very like 2008, I'm being funny and edgy on the internet kind of joke. It's not completely unsuccessful or anything. Is it's it's like meets it's like meat spin. Yeah, because it has like a an achievement almost uh, locked to it. Like, yeah, this is what. Uh, hey, uh, you did it. You know, <laughs> you got to the number or whatever. Yeah, you you won the game, <laughs> and the game is seeing a dude getting fucked in the ass. <laughs> uh, rather well, by the way. Anyway, rather, just getting it. Really in, getting it. Absolutely. In. Try it's like he lost his car keys in that ass, and he's using his dick to get them out. Something, yeah. Like it's like he's it's like his dog 
swallowed something it wasn't supposed to and he's gotta get out, he's gotta get out of his dog's mouth with his dick <sighs> so this is my favorite portion of the show of course we talk about the breath mint the breath mint the breath mint to breath mint. has a balm for our weary souls as it were yes so brian you said you had something special yeah we watched spider-man no way home mm-hmm. so i realized we hadn't watched that one and mm-hmm. we've i think me and my my friend group that i watch movies with i think we've all pretty much given up on marvel movies yeah but i think the spider-man movies are the the tom holland ones are the only ones they're like i think genuinely like good for the most part yeah there's a sense of wonder there's a lot more freedom a little bit more playfulness there's act- I mean, here's the thing there's also like a real structure and real characters mm. some of the characters in the the tom holland spider-man movies could be a little bit more dimensional but it it it's fun it doesn't feel like me yet. i have to consume so i can be good talking shit on on twitter true it's like it's really weird to watch a marvel movie for the sake of like yeah i want to watch this not i want to watch this so i can like quote tweet felix and be like yeah <laughs> yeah that's right no but i i I think that has a lot to do with the strength of spider-man as a character you know, and Spider-Man's... the villains and like oh yeah Oh, Michael Keaton in that first one? Oh. And that movie, I mean, Homecoming, is actually a movie about class struggle. Yeah. If you break it down. but It's yeah. very woke. <laughs> yeah. The woke mind virus got into that movie. The woke mind vi- Yeah. And the guy that looks like Dave Chappelle that isn't Dave Chappelle, who's the, <laughs> who becomes the shocker. Oh, man. I, I thought it was fun. I, I have not seen any of the uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, so I can't tell you if they're good or not. But mm-hmm. I've... I enjoyed his performance in the movie well enough. I liked Emma Stone more than I liked him. Let's put it that way. In those, oh, other everyone likes Emma yeah. Stone. Yeah, so her Gwen Stacy was probably what I think of when I think about like Gwen Stacy as a character. Oh, okay, because cool. in the Sam Raimi movies, Gwen Stacy was Bryce Dallas Howard, and it's kind of like eh, I don't buy it. But for some reason, Emma Stone, being as talented as she is, like okay, I, I kind of buy this Gwen Stacy. I kind of get her whole thing. Um, but yeah, like. Uh, in, in No Way Home, they have that moment. It's near the end of the movie, and the character is in the same situation that Gwen Stacy is in in the second Amazing Spider-Man, which is the Andrew Garfield one. And spoilers for Spider-Man canon, for those of you who don't fucking read comics or don't know anything about anything, but in the comics, Gwen Stacy was Spider-Man's first girlfriend, and mm-hmm. she dies. And her death kind of propels him on this whole, I'm a failure, I don't know what I'm doing. And it was very much the same in in the amazing in the Andrew Garfield uh, Spider-Man movies. So so her death comes at the end of the second uh, Spider-Man film. He fails to save her. She's it's, it's literally the same setup that that Zendaya is doing in No Way Home. She's falling to her death. Yeah. He fails to save her. And so that moment where Andrew Garfield saves this universe's MJ has a lot more punch if you if you know that about the other. Right. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff that does kind of rely on you like, oh yeah, I remember that moment from that Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Or like, I remember that. Because some of them are kind of repeated beats. Yeah. Which works if you're a huge Spider-Man fan. <laughs> but like, there's some stuff where you're like, oh, okay, that was in You have to like kickstart yeah. your brain for a second. Like, why am I getting emotional over this scene? I don't remember. He doesn't know this MJ. He doesn't. And they're like, oh, because the same thing, ha-, you know, so I had to like sit there and break it down. But like, even without it, it's still a great scene. Sure. I think that final battle scene is really good. I like the bits with Doctor Strange. And I think it's interesting that for a lot of the solo 
quote unquote yeah. uh, Marvel movies that Doctor Strange has to be in there as a catalyst for things like uh, <laughs> like in the Thor movie Ragnarok. He's, and, he's a chaos agent. He's just there to... to well, to... He, he's esoteric and weird and can move the plot in, in ways that um, Marvel does at least as far as the movies go. Don't want to explore right. otherwise. Like, like you have to. He's a good um, shortcut. Yeah, yeah. Because I was for thinking things to change. Because I was thinking during the the second Doctor Strange movie, I was thinking during that and during No Way Home. I'm like, oh, he's the he's the character. Like that Simpsons episode where they're doing the 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 Xena uh, mm-hmm. Q and A, and someone asked the Lucy Lawless character. Why did this happen in season five? She goes, anytime there's something you can't explain, a wizard did it. Well, Doctor Strange is a literal fucking wizard. He's so. <laughs> literally a fucking magic dude. So anytime you want to explain why there's three Spider-Men in the same universe, a wizard did it. A so. wizard did it. <laughs> and that's perfect. I think that works. You know, it, it tracks. Yeah, No Way Home was a fun ride, boy. Yeah, it was a, it was good. It was nice to see Tobey Maguire again. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a it while. Was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I'm really burnt down superhero movies. Sure. I, I'm really trying to get the spoons together to just like hate watch Black Adam, but it's kind of like one of those things where I would rather vote. Or, <laughs> well, well, like I said when I talked about it on a breath mint previously, like it's, it's not great. It's popcorn entertainment, you know. Yeah. It's like, but like I said, the most enjoyable parts of Black Adam it has nothing to do with the Rock. It's Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate. Give me a Doctor Fate movie. I know James Gunn took over, so he's got the full slate. Yeah, it's it's weird. We thought James Gunn was going to be the savior of things, but it sounds like he's kind of rustled the beehive. Well, I th- I think it's like anything with DC. There's going to be a reboot, you know. Tons just, of politics. Yep. Just anything, anything with DC. I'm kind of bummed that Carvel like, said he wasn't going to do witcher anymore and he's going to do spider not Spider-Man, superman again and then he and, got dropped from super and now he can't go back to take the witcher no. role and I, I really liked him in the witcher yeah it's like the only thing i've ever liked him in yeah because like it's just one of those things where like you're a really one-dimensional actor and this is a w- very one-dimensional role in some ways i liked him in the man from uncle was that's that, right he was yeah. in that he was very good in that yeah and uh that mission impossible movie where he reloads his arms <laughs> oh yeah fallout yeah oh, what a great mission impossible movies man i never thought they would even do anything after that second one you know what i think my i think the first one is probably still my favorite oh yeah it's de palma at the height of his power man yeah. just just ripping it and i mean the cast is great you got oh, yeah. young ving rames you got i mean just it, Again, Tom Cruise, height of his power. He's you know, going. It's go for broke cinema. It's re- yeah. it's it's huge. It's a huge movie, and they've really been trying to top it. Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie, what a good combo because they really both believe in like just going for it. Yeah, yeah. And, Whatever you can say about you know, particularly Tom Cruise personally, him as an actor, it's really hard to deny his his uh, efforts towards the craft and, and he's his just, dedication. He's just charismatic and electric. Like when you, he's on the screen, you. Yeah. I know I'm sounding like the Tim Heidecker character from On Cinema, but like, you can't take your eyes off the guy. He's just even yeah. in even in something smaller and more subdued. You know, like he's still. I do still think it's funny that the theory that Eyes Wide Shut was just a <laughs> troll to waste like a year of his life so he couldn't do any other films. 
I mean, when he was like one of the biggest stars in the world. It sounds like a very Stanley thing to do. So I don't know. <laughs> it's it's fifty fifty for me because I mean it's not a bad movie. I've uh, I've never been able to sit through all of it. It's definitely uh, Kubrick uh, showing off a bit with pacing and and all that. So like I don't know. He's he... didn't they build like a fake New York City in the UK because <laughs> Stanley Kubrick refused to leave the country? There, it was something like that. I don't remember the exact story, but yeah, it was some it was some extravagant thing, and I think that's what inspired Charlie Kaufman to do Synecdoche, New York. Which I still haven't seen. Oh wow, phenomenal! I, it, it was yeah. it's one of the few weird indie films that came out while I worked at Blockbuster. I kind of like I rented it like two or three times and just never got around to it. Well, Hoffman kills it as always. So I mean, sure, you can't, sure, you can't I, I will have to come circle around back to. I'm trying to think what else I have consumed. Um, we finished the second season of Peaky Blinders. Okay, has the music improved? The music, lots of PJ Harvey. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, sir. A lot of stuff I'm not super familiar with. I'm, I'm not big. I, I'm a big early PJ Harvey fan, much yeah, as much as I am like a and, big yeah. early Bjork fan. The second season started out really weird. Hmm. And Was tightened. that the one where they had the, the character just die off screen? Was yeah, that the, like the about? character okay. that seemed like it was going to be a real catalyst for a lot of <laughs> things they were going to explore about like <laughs> working class gangsters and like working class like communists and leftists yeah. and, and revolutionaries and pro-Bolsheviks. And then that character is like basically just yeah, dies off screen. Yeah, it seemed really weird. Like they didn't know what they were going to do. Um, and apparently this isn't the first time in the in the oeuvre of Peaky Blinders where they make some weird choices because they don't know what to do because like <laughs> someone died or dropped out or had like a scheduling conflict. Wow. But the second season about halfway through starts to find its its uh its center mm-hmm. and the uh season finale is from top to bottom just a great episode, very tight TV. Okay. Um really great performances from everyone and really also explores um kind of the wider world give you some wider context of where um thomas shelby and mm. his misfit family and his legal operation that's also illegal at the same time <laughs> where it fits into the larger space of where like britain is and you start okay. seeing a little bit larger context clues and all that and i really appreciate the historical spacing and and uh, stuff like that so that was good d and i watched a couple episodes of big mouth last night because she had not seen it and oh, i was so starting from the beginning from the beginning just remember just like how gross out funny and vulgar it was in the first couple episodes at the very least and like oh yeah i remember why i liked this i the most recent <laughs> season i've been struggling to get through it's been like fucking pulling teeth but uh-huh. uh there's a couple i think probably until the third season i think every episode's got like at least like one good bit or one good joke in it or performance where you're like yeah i'm not gonna forget about this for a while. i mean like i still think when someone talks about bubble bath i still think about my uh going bubble bath <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, that's one i never really got into and i i guess part of it was just the, the i don't know it just felt weird it felt kind of icky like um ah, the, the sex lives of teenagers. Ah, I've already watched Sex Education. I don't right. know. About I don't know. I think it's um, it is about things that were really awkward and weird about being a teenager. Right. And it's finding a lot of humor and yeah. oddly sometimes a lot of heart. I hate to sound like I'm some fucking guy who <laughs> writes for Vox.com, <laughs> yeah. but like, but like there are there are some things where like, wow, yeah, I actually do remember going through that as a teenager. I remember a friend going through that and just sure. Being like, 
God, that really was like the worst fucking thing at the time. So like as fantastical as it is with like the sex demons, there's still it's it's grounded. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's also things where like people push a crippled kid out of <laughs> out of a, a wheelchair because they think he's faking. <laughs> You know, like there's, oh. and, um, you know, and there's a, there's a character named Coach Steve who lives <laughs> on a garbage barge, you know. Yeah, I was just yeah. thinking like that, that when you said like, oh, it, it tackles all these things with humor and heart. The, the, the show that immediately came to mind was Pen15. It's got the, the two women playing 15 year old versions of themselves. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen that one, that, that one's definitely on the list. But no, um, for, for me, we finished Handmaid's Tale. And I am glad to be free of it for a while. It's not, again, it's not that the show is bad. It's just right. that consuming it all in one go is exhausting. You know, there's just, it's so much pain and misery heaped over five seasons now. You know, and you're just, it's like, this is never going to end. You know, like all these, there's some great catharsis that happens at the end of the fourth season. And the fifth starts out with some some hopefulness and it all, of course, being tv shows being how they are it doesn't really reach that but i was like okay we gotta watch something else so i started the peripheral which we talked about previously but then mm-hmm. you know my wife my wife thank you if she fell asleep during peripheral i'm like okay you know what this i'm a gibson guy i'm gonna watch this on my own this really isn't her style anyway so we're scrolling through and seeing what's new i said oh you know you've never seen doom patrol i had watched the first couple episodes I said, this is really good. This is really odd. It's a DC project, but it's something like you would never think of as something that's right. Yeah. It's like it's like a property they all <laughs> forgotten. It's just it's it's almost like it should have been on Vertigo, you know, because DC sure. had that imprint where they had Transmetropolitan and Preacher and all the, the the weirdo shit. And boy, you know, Doom Patrol. Boy, oh, Brandon Fraser. Ah, oh, Alan Toydick. Alan Toydick is the narrator of the first couple episodes. He's Mr. Nobody, which is such a great character to begin with. Timothy Dalton is, yeah. has, a, has a small role in the first couple episodes. Boy, I mean, cool casting. They, they really, and boy, that first episode takes its fucking time. But it is rewarding because, mm-hmm. you know, eventually you kind of get these great character moments. And it's more fleshed out than something like, like an Umbrella Academy, which is its own thing. Sure. But it, it definitely kind of feels a pace of it because they're both about, you know, these, these misfits and they're all, they're superpowered misfits and they all live in the same place and they, eventually they're reluctantly dragged into an adventure to, to save the world or whatever. While Umbrella Academy certainly has its moments and Elliot Page steals the fucking show every time he's on screen, Brandon Fraser... You see him in flashback, right? But in the in the present day, it's not really. It's just a voice. It's just yeah. his voice, and whoever's doing the physical movements of the robot body is is really good at at the Darth Vader style of emoting uh, through physicality. Yeah. So that's an interesting bit. Um, you know, there's a character who's dressed like the Invisible Man. He's all wrapped up in bandages, got the, the goggles on. So there's a lot of interesting like acting physically it's like yeah, physical it's, it, i think you're right it is a much more physical show as far as expressing characters expressing themselves i i've got like three or four episodes into it um my friends kind of dropped out with me bummer but i did enjoy why I, I saw i thought it was really super interesting and well acted yeah 
yeah, I, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. I, I'm hoping one day I can finish it. It's um, a hoot. I, I, I would recommend if you got the HBO Max, uh, hook it up because it's it might be the next casualty. Because did you hear this? They're they're getting rid of Westworld on HBO Max. I thought it was already gone. Oh, was it already? See? Now I got... Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, listen, I mean, people are going to miss the first really the first season which is really good the oh, second God, yeah. season which has some interesting ideas the third season which is you know it's it has aaron paul in aaron it. paul you know listen <laughs> listen i think this is why i said about the third and fourth season when i said i was watching it was yeah uh you know i'm glad he's still getting where he's sure like a nice yeah, kid a nice you know guy. what like hey, aaron paul if you ever need somewhere the couch to sleep on yeah give us a call yeah <laughs> So, you know, if if you're a party with some people and they're making you feel they're doing drugs and <laughs> the person you came with, you can't find them anymore. Just give us a call. No questions asked. You need a ride home. We got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, the other thing I, I was in the library the other day and I'm trying to get through. I was trying to get through that book that Kaiju Preservation Society that I mentioned previously. Yeah. I was really enjoying it. I got about halfway through the book and I I just stalled on it. It was one of those weird things where I it just it just felt like it wasn't going anywhere, mm-hmm. so I dropped it. I do this with books now. I don't force myself to finish it. Yeah. If a book has has not got me, it's not going to have me to the end. And the library, I'm looking through. I did not realize that Jeff Vandermeer, one of my favorite authors, mm-hmm. had dropped a book last year. Oh. I did not know that he had put something new out because. You know, when I started reading him, it was for the Area X uh, trilogy that was Annihilation, Control, and whatever the name of the third book is. The, is, the is. Annihilation. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Annihilation. Something like that. Have you ever, have you ever listened to the AJJ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that does. If familiar. I were a man and you <laughs> were a bear, <laughs> and I was some sort of fucked up cactus, so... Annihilation. <laughs> so yes, and, 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 and I, it was because of the Alex Garland movie that I got into the Annihilation book. I read all three of the Area X books. The, the book is great. I remember driving through Wyoming at night, and we were listening to the audio book. Ooh, oh, it was a great time. The snow was coming down around the car. Mm. Uh, it was it was it was quite a time. I really now going back to the movie after having read all the books i'm like man they left out this i left it that because like the the book is way more fucking terrifying yeah and, and especially with the whole code words and phrases like the in, botanist or you yeah, like yeah the just names and then like certain phrases that that the the leader of the group would say that were supposed to be like trigger phrases for your for your subconscious and so they left okay so in the movie <laughs> that character is face to face with the the thing at the end, and she says annihilation. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean anything because the movie never established why she would say that. Annihilation is supposed to be a phrase that's going to make you kill yourself, and so she says it in the movie. But it's never established that that's what she was doing was planting suggestions in your mind. And I always thought it was so out of place. I'm like. Why does she say the name of the movie before? <laughs> and then going back to the, anyway. So he also wrote a book, a series of books actually that I read last summer. It's collected in one volume called Ambergris. Takes place in this like very much what would eventually become something like a disco Elysium setting. Yeah, and it's this kind of retro futuristic thing. So it's like okay, he's got a new book out. I want to read. It's called uh, Hummingbird Salamander, and it's. 
it has a lot of themes of stuff he's talked about before. Yeah. But it kicks off with just it's like this super sharp prose and it's it's firing on all the cylinders. I'm like, yes. But for some reason, it didn't get a lot of press. Like for hmm. it was April of last year, April twenty twenty one, yeah, that this came out. And I'm thinking like, okay, this is the guy that wrote, you know, the book that became Annihilation. There was you know, this is the guy that wrote Born, which was a, a pretty decent sized hit for, for the uh sci-fi set at the time and like a new book a, a new jeff vandermeer book doesn't make a splash like for some reason i i didn't hear a thing about it mm-hmm. it's so strange but anyway highly recommend it it's a it's a bristling read it's real fun uh, i love those his style is just right up there so it's about to get very cold out brian yeah uh it's gonna get very uh very chilly hopefully a lot of this will have passed by saturday because i am going to go see avatar 2 Really? You're going to see the Blue Rat movie? I am going to go see the Blue Rat movie, Brian. You can't stop me. I've already bought my tickets. But <laughs> okay, well, have fun. I'm going to be eating frozen pizza. And... Perfect. Well, it's about the time of the show where we give out uh, ways to contact us, talk to us, shout at us, tell us things that you uh, maybe want to keep secret from your friends and family. Something that maybe that's... Yeah, if uh, you're a junior G-man trying to make your way in the world, you're trying to send us <laughs> some death threats, or even tell us where to get some good quinoa. Mm-hmm. You can text us or call us at 314-AHOY-POO. That's mm-hmm. 314-246-9766. 314-246-9766. Ow, ow. Ow, ow, indeed. And you can shoot us an email, 48minutesofdogsbarking at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter, 48minutesofdogs, patreon.com slash 48minutesofdogs. Link tr.ee slash 48minutesofdogs for your various podcast apps. I think we're on all of them now. It took a while, but I think we're on everything. I think think we got the the (laughs) Ray. You can find me, Mr. Jason, also known as uh, Dr. Gender Fluid, on Twitter at videocrime, V-I-D-E-O-C-R-I-M-E. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok as at LaserGooseCEO. That's LaserGooseCEO. And then uh, let's see here. Mastodon. That's right. At VideoCrime at Retro.Pizza. Brian, where can they harass you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as IShotGuyDebord. That's I-S-H-O-T-G-U-I-D-B-O-R-D. Uh, if you want to check out my photography, my portfolio is uh, assholemusicphotographer.com. And hopefully with this upcoming time off, I can actually sit down and put together my WordPress site. Oh, yeah. Which would be uh, amusicphotographer.com. <laughs> hopefully I can get that up and running so uh, I can actually go back to writing about music instead of just taking photos of music. Wouldn't that uh, be nice? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it? So, yeah, that's me. Is it time to say goodbye, Jason? It does indeed. Uh, we're going to leave you with a little bit of music from a group that I just recently discovered. Uh, their name is Hospital Bracelet from their album South Loop Summer. The tune is called Sour OG RPG. <laughs> this is the name alone is worth a thousand. But, yeah, it's a great uh, Midwest emo uh, upbeat tune. Love the stuff. Hospital Bracelet, if you're coming to a city near you, definitely check them out. This is when we say namaste and good luck. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 